And we're live. Welcome back to the Coffee with Craner show for a special episode with the Blue Stones. An exciting episode on on the uh, middle of the screen. You'll see Tarek Jafar and Justin Tessier from the Blue Stones. And what's cool is they're from Windsor and they've really grown their platform since 2010, where they first performed at uh, Fog Lounge. And I mean, since then, they've been nominated for Juno Awards, have climbed the Billboard charts and a number of other uh, local music charts. And, and two of their, their albums, um, Hidden Gems and Black Holes. Um, really glad to have you both on the show today. And thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Lennon. So uh, we'll kick it off. And I know we were, were anticipating this question. Where in Windsor, Essex is your favorite place for a nice cup of joe? I mean, I, I think, Tark, I, I feel like we have the same answer here, right? Yeah, it's, it's Anchor Coffee. Anchor. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. Either it's location. Really I mean, I, would, I, I like the Walkerville one a little more. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's got to like be Anchor. We're big great, coffee guys. Great people there, and they just have a great space. And, yeah, it's just, it's just good coffee at the end yeah. of the day. Shout no, out to I, Kyle and the crew. <laughs> Yes, yes, and I know before you said uh, you're you're picky coffee drinkers. Yeah, it's it, like no Tim Hortons allowed. Um, that's kind of like a rule on tour. No one, no one's allowed to get it. Yeah. Um, no crew. If nothing. you want it, <laughs> doesn't matter. No, I'm, I'm joking, but I, I'm serious. I won't drink it. <laughs> Starbucks minimum. I did try the Tim Beebs though. I did try those, and they're actually they are pretty good. Like. The birthday cake one is like birthday waffle or something like that. That okay. one was really good. Are they just Timbits? Well, yeah, they're Timbits. They're just like different flavor. Got it. That's it. <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone was trying, like ever since the Travis Scott McDonald's thing, it's like, what yeah. celebrity can we get in to do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And they got them. They got, they got beeps. What about the, uh, what about like the Bluestone Timbits or something in the future? <laughs> I wouldn't do Timbits. It's a little off brand, but um, yeah, I, I would do something. Right. I would do some kind of like it's see, it's tough. I don't know. Like uh, fast food. I would probably do Arby's because we do actually really like Arby's. Ugh, I don't know, man. Like I, I love a beef and cheddar, but like I don't even think that's not more on brand than Timbits. <laughs> like beef and cheddar. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, cheeseburger. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Cause it's like yeah, the blue yeah. in there. Mm. I like I like the tie-in. I like the tie-in. Besides besides coffee and burgers, I'm getting a bit hungry here. Um, I, I want to talk about your success, and it's it's one you should be proud of. And I know everyone in Nebraska's is. Um, how did it start? I mean, 2018, you joined Entertainment One. You signed a, a major contract with them, and uh, since then, you've been climbing the charts on Spotify and Apple Music and, and other platforms. How did this happen? How did you get recognized? I think it, we could probably, I mean, we were, we were slugging it out in the independent music world for years and it wasn't really until we kind of put things aside because we both left Windsor for a little while um, that we were, we were contacted by who is now our, our management company. They reached out in like late 2016 um, just wanting to see if we had any management representation and we didn't at the time. So we kind of thought it was a joke at first, but they ended up following through on a lot of things. They put us in front of uh, a lot of like label heads and agencies. 
um, and publishers out in the States. And I guess I can kind of draw it all back to there, like where, where at least the, where we've up until now achieved, you know, what we have, which, you know, still is, there's a lot more to do, but I would probably trace it back to that moment where we got, uh, we got picked up by American management. Did you have to put your music in front of those people or did it all just come towards you? Yeah, like we we had to we had released everything independently um, on Spotify. You know, it's easy to do these days. You can just go onto a website, let's say, and put all of your discography into it, and it'll distribute it to all these these streaming platforms. So Spotify was definitely one of them. And from that, um, it just kind of created a lot more accessibility to our music. That mixed with a couple of really cool. Uh, placements that we had on a couple of TV shows. Uh, one was Suits uh, that really, really helped out. And the other one was um, some, some Monday Night Football spots, which was really great. But sort of that culminated to a point where the manager that found us, uh, Eddie, he he heard us on Spotify from a related artist of his. He was listening to another artist named Rainwolf. Right at the bottom, it said related artist to the Blue Stones. He's like, oh, I haven't heard of these guys. Clicked through and you know, that's it. That's what started the relationship. So yeah, being on that platform was huge for us and doing it independently led to something that isn't so independent anymore. Would you recommend that artists start out independently? I mean, it's the only way you can. Yeah, you have you, to. You have to these days because every everyone, there's so many independent artists that there's no way for you to sign a label deal unless they know, you know, that you've had at least a little bit of traction. Yeah. Um, so you don't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah. well, what would what would you say would be the song that really sold um, that management company? Black Holes. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what everyone says. That was basically like the. I mean, I, I think all the songs on that album are good, but um, like it was kind of like the deal was structured because of that song. Um, it was nice that we had other songs that ended up doing well, like "Be My Fire" ended up doing really well. Um, Rolling with the punches was always, you know, a fan favorite, but it it really was that song that you know pushed everything. That was the one that got added to all the Spotify playlists and you know different whatever streaming platform playlists. Um, so it was really that one. Mm -hmm. No, definitely, I, I listened to your music, and uh, that's I guess how I found out about you. But um, and I mean, Black Holes is what thirty two million streams on Spotify now, roughly. Yeah, wow. I think so. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's wild, man. Um, but I mean, besides producing popular tracks, I know it's it's just both of you running your band right now, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, we 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 definitely run our band. You know, we have a very heavy hand into what we do. Um, but you know, now we have a team that's built around us. You know, and we kind of utilize our team accordingly. Okay what what does that what does that structure look like? So like. We have we have a management team um, with two you know main day to day managers who work with the rest of our team like booking agents, um, our everyone at our label you know their first point of contact is our management team. Um, if we you know like for this next album that we're writing, we're looking at bringing in some different producers. We kind of task our managers with going out and like reaching out to those people once we've sort of identified that we want to work with them, that sort of stuff. That's what a manager does. Um, booking agents book all of your shows. Um, 
So they're, you know, a crucial part of your team because that's where you make all your money. Um, your record label is who funds, you know, the recording of your albums and the, pr the promotion of your of your music. So that's, you know, another key part of your team. Um, and then you have like publicists outside of that that would do stuff like book podcasts. Yeah. And, and I mean, besides uh, you mentioned all that, which is which is fantastic. And something you mentioned is uh, booking gigs. Uh, didn't you recently just go on a, a tour in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. How was it? Where was it? What was it like? Guys, basically all throughout the U.S. Like we started in the Midwest. Wow. Um, so actually started in St. Louis, came back towards Ohio, and then we just went west all the way down to L.A. and then across um, across to Texas and basically back up. We didn't really hit very much of the East Coast, which we were a little bit upset about because we do love playing uh, cities like Philly. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a pretty substantial tour. We did it. Five weeks. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many shows test was it like 23, 20 something. Yeah. Probably 23. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. And it was great. We were a little hesitant um, for a lot of reasons, mainly because of obviously the landscape of things right now. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're going to get with COVID uh, restriction wise. Um, it's a little bit risky. So we tried to, you know, play everything by the book and it really ended up paying off because a lot of people came out to the shows and they, they loved it, you know, and it was just so great for us to be back out on tour again you know, really, really nice to be back on stage after what was almost two years. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, no, I can't imagine what, what that's been like. Have you been having to record, I guess, virtually, or have you been able to both get into the studio? We haven't gotten to the studio point yet, um, but we are going to be jumping in in a couple weeks, actually. Yeah. We'll be jumping into the studio. So just been like demo stages right now. So how do you, how do you make that work? busy <laughs> so yeah very busy you know it's like you you cram in well especially now that everything's up and running again it's it's definitely all about like you come off tour you have a little bit of time to yourself and then you just you know you hop right back into whether it's like a songwriting session that you do or um talking with potential producers and having that studio time books which we do in january um so it, it is definitely a lot of like time management but that's the that's the career, you know, it's kind of like when you're off tour, you're thinking about what's coming out next or you're recording what's coming out next and then you switch again. So it's just, it's a lot, you know, of year round work. Thankfully over the holidays, most things tend to, to shut down in the industry. So we get a little bit of breathing room, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of all the work you're doing now, I, I want to talk a little bit about what you did before uh, you got into music. I know you're both uh, from the University of Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, did you have a, a career before this? No, we, we were in school when we started playing, um, you know, so it's kind of like grown alongside with us. And actually that's what a lot of the subject matter of the album black holes is about is trying to figure that out. Like, do you go on and, and do this straight and narrow job that, you know, is solid or do you go in, to this black hole that you don't really know what could happen, but it's just drawing you in. Um, and right around the time that we were graduating uh, from our undergrads, and I know Tark was Tark was doing a master's in physiotherapy as well in uh, the UK. Uh, around that time is when we got that call from that management agency that's with us now, and you know we just kind of had to say like, okay, well we have multiple offers 
for careers on the table. What do we really want to do? Let's give this thing a shot and just kind of like see how it goes. And that's kind of what we do every year. We, we check in around the same time that we signed that management deal and that, that initial album uh, record deal. And we just say like, what, what's going on? Or do we keep going? Is this, are we making progress? And then we go from there. Well, yeah, I mean, it must be a difficult decision knowing if you want to push, push whatever you're doing in your education, you're doing a master's out in, out in England. How do you know you want to jump into this? Yeah. I mean, it's always been a passion, you know, for both of us. Right. And it's kind of really the, the big thing in your life that you, you always feel drawn towards and you feel like a natural motivation to pursue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that alone just sort of tells you like, you know, that's kind of what you're meant to do. Um, so we just, pr- we kept pursuing it. Uh, it was definitely tough. You know, I remember, I remember being on like a, like a physio placement and having to like, <laughs> having to lie to my educator and be like, Oh yeah, I have a wedding back home that I have to go do. Meanwhile, I'm actually like flying to play a showcase in front of like these labels. Cause like I, you can't tell them the truth. They're not going to believe you. You know, like if I'm like, yeah, I gotta go to New York and play in front of like, you know, RCA records. And they're going to be like, okay, no, yeah. but it was the truth. And it's just kind of like one, something that you had to do. Um, which eventually, you know, led us to the point that we're at now, which was, you know, so we're happy that you did it and you make sacrifices like that, um, all for your, your career. Well, it's, uh, it's paid off. And just another quick question of talking about the history of, of the Bluestones. How did you both meet? Uh, high school. Well, yeah. I mean, really we played, we play actually played hockey together, like in, I think in like eighth grade or something, but we didn't really like know each other. Um, but yeah, like high school high school kind of just similar friend groups and playing sports together. We were both on the football team. Um, then, you know, just kind of became close friends. Mm-hmm. And are you close friends outside of, uh, you know, writing songs and, and recording? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like we, we were close friends for a very long time, like, you know, six or seven years before we even ever picked up instruments with each other. Yeah. Um, so it's not always just, it's not strict business. No, like no, we, we, you know, our best friend, there's like friend mode, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we, we all have the same very core close group of friends and, yeah. and they're two different entities. Yeah. Sometimes they, they overlap, which is fun. But um, yeah, for the most part, we're just like friends outside of, outside of this. That must be, you know, an asset to a strong band is having that, that bond right between the members. Yeah. Yep. It, for it, sure. Definitely for us, especially being a duo, you know, it's, it was really hard to bring other members in because mm-hmm. Justin and I had such like a, a connection just from being friends for so long. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to have that. Yeah. Would you ever bring in another member? Uh, I, I mean, not probably not like full time. Um, not like someone who to join the band to like songwrite and, and do that sort of stuff. But, you know, to be on stage as like, we wrote all of their parts for them and like, here, here's what you're going to play. Yeah. I would do that. Mm-hmm. Well, once I start playing the ukulele, I'll let you know. All right. Well, <laughs> once we start writing That's ukulele good. parts, we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Keep me in mind, please. You might uh, be waiting for a while. <laughs> um, now going into just your success and, and I know there's, um, I have some friends that are, that are in the music industry. They're just starting out. Uh, besides producing a catchy song, one that people really, really love, what are some other important aspects to a band that, that 
whether you're um, by yourself, you're a duo or, you know, a large group, what are some things you should keep in mind to really uh, grow your audience? I mean, yeah. releasing music, obviously, like you said, that's, that's important. Putting music out, um, playing shows. I mean, that's, it's funny because like, I remember Sam Roberts gave us that advice way early on and it still kind of rings true. Like all the opportunities that were placed in front of us were from us just having played shows, you know, and putting yourself in front of people enough times that somebody does kind of pick up on it. So, um, and also in doing that, it's just developing yourself as a musician and a better musician and a better live performer. So really like play shows, like that's, that's important. Um, what else do you think, Tess? That's pretty much it. It's like, just afford yourselves all the opportunities you can to get people to know who you are. And when Sam Roberts told us that, like, keep playing shows, I didn't, I didn't get that. And I thought it was kind of like, like a little trite and, but he's right. That's, that's kind of the one thing that you can control, right? We were playing as many shows as we could. And then, you know, one show that we played in Toronto happened to have a guy in the audience who was connected to someone who places your music in TV shows and they placed us in suits. And then because we were in suits, we got so many streams on Spotify because of that, we got onto the related artist, you know, to Rainwolf, And that's how our manager found us. It's like, you're, you can't control that stuff. That's going to happen randomly, but what you can't control is how people can find you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just do that as much as you can and, and kind of the rest will figure itself out. But yeah, like at, at the minimum, you need to have good music. You need to have great music and that, mm -hmm. but that doesn't get you anything mm -hmm. <laughs> funny enough. You can write a great song. That's not nearly enough. You have to, you have to, you know, do a lot more on top of that. Yeah. You have to market it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, a really good point is, is like you said, finding those different avenues to put your, your music out there, attending shows, uh, different things like that. Um, I had a question, but it, it escaped me a bit. Um, but I'll jump into the next one. What, uh, is there any other advice you would just give generally to a musician? Like, uh, I guess from like a creative standpoint, when it comes to songwriting, you know, you're going to write a lot of shit and you're going to think it sucks. And that's just part of it. You know, like don't get discouraged if you write 10 songs that you don't like, you know, you just have to keep doing it because like that is actually part of the process of writing something really good is writing a lot of bad things. And I feel like that kind of weighed on me very heavily when like first writing music and it, it really demotivates you and it makes you kind of want to quit. But at the same time, like you, you, you just have to understand that that's part of the process and it's just, that is the way that the creative mind works. So I would always say just like volume, like just write and write and write riffs. And if you have something in your head, like you're not going to remember it later, just put it in a voice memo or something, you know, like it's just, be very proactive about like those creative impulses that you get and like kind of expect that that could end up being an entire song eventually. But um, yeah, I think from a creative standpoint, I, I would just say that it's okay if you write some bad stuff, you just got to keep, you got to keep pushing through that because yep. you will eventually get to some really, really great stuff that if you didn't keep pushing, you would have never reached. For sure. What about you, Justin? What do you think? I, I would think the same. It just, just show up. Like if you, 
I, I think that a lot of our success came from consistency and we, you know, have, we have like worked on this project in some capacity every, at least every week for 10, 11 years now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you, it, it, it gives it that like compound interest effect where you end up building something over time just because you're making small steps and you're just constantly moving and pushing the envelope forward and trying something new and trying to find another audience member. Um, you know, that it just over time it ends up snowballing, but just show up like write music. And like Tark saying, just push through. I think it's Stephen King that said, he's like, I, my goal is to write 250 shitty words a day. And cause I know eventually I'll have a novel that's good once yeah. I do that. Right. Like mm-hmm. the amount of stuff that he writes and the, the amount of stuff that he puts out is like 10% of what he actually writes. Mm-hmm. So you just got to slog it through the crap and then you get out, you know, a diamond at the other end. So, yes, yes. Um, have you noticed any, it's been uh, what, 11 years now, almost 12 since you, you formed, have you seen, what progress have you seen that you're really proud of? I mean, just like playing to audiences around the world, man, is, is kind of, that's, that's kind of like the golden standard, right? I mean, streaming numbers are great. Um, never going to turn those down, but at the end of the day, that's free more or less, you know, you pay for the service, but then once you're in the door, you can listen to whoever you want, which I like that aspect for a different reason, but Mm -hmm. you know, going out and performing for people and being the center of someone's night, you know, we have a show in Berlin and there's 300 people, 350 people there that chose to spend their night with us. It's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Must mean a, must mean a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, uh, I, I know you were talking. I, I thought I heard something about an album, um, which jumps into my my final question before I let you guys go. What's next for the Blue Stones? Where do you want to take the band? What are some some future goals that you have in place? Yeah, well, I mean, the most obvious one is definitely uh, recording a new album and you know, continuing to sort of put out music that we care about and that we really enjoy, you know, because I think that is important. You, you want to like the stuff that you record and that you release, right? Um, and then just like continuing to develop our fan base, really. I know it sounds really vague, but it's kind of what you what you can do that is consistent. And that's not something that's even more ambiguous, like have a hit song. Like it's just you know, it's, you just want to develop your fan base and then the things will, things will come, you know? Um, but I'd say that it, it would be nice, I think, to get like a, a support slot on with a much larger band, like, um, let's say a band that might be touring arenas through the States or through Canada or through Europe mm-hmm. and being able to, let's say, open up for that band and kind of getting us in front of large, large audiences. That would be pretty cool. But really in the meantime we're just going to end up headlining our own shows on our own tours anyway so either way you know we're, we're set to grow the fan base somehow yeah and obviously we're we're going on tour with the beaches in february as of right now that's six still weeks. the plan i'm sorry six weeks now right uh is it okay yeah. wow it it's coming weeks? up coming up oh yeah i guess it is <laughs> no it's less actually it's like five yeah i yeah. guess yeah wow yeah. there's a lot we got to do that's awesome well, it, it's very exciting for you, and um, I 
love watching watching you both grow. Uh, I found out about you recently, but I'm going to continue to follow you and, and be one of your fans. Um, and I appreciate your time joining me, joining the uh, the folks in Windsor Essex. I know you both are are extremely busy writing, recording, playing uh, live. So I, I really appreciate your time. And I thought we had a great conversation tonight. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having us on the show. Awesome. All the best. And those watching, thanks so much. You can rewatch it on coffeewithcraner.com and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone.